Experiences and, and in those moments, those crucial moments, we make decisions about ourselves and about the world. And those decisions create belief systems. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grime America show. We're going to be talking with Sarah Chetkin in a little bit here, uh, as well as announcing the uh, the winner of our second money bomb. Um, as always, though, coming up first, the great Graham. No, I was going to go with Grumpy Graham. Grumpy Graham. Jesus. One of them and Grumpy. I don't know. See, I need to get like a thesaurus that has a list of G words. Yeah. G, like, uh, what, would it, what would they be? Pronouns? Do I have a noun? I don't know. Adjective? Yeah, adjective, probably. I'll get a list of those, and then I'll have them all here so I can call you a different one every week. All right, buddy. It'll be perfect. Get on that. I'm on it. So this was a great chat with Sarah Check and we had, uh, and we also just finished up an interview with um, Patty Conklin. Patty Conklin, another healing one. We're on a kind of a healing curve. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> I see what Pardon you did the there. <laughs> yeah. The, well, we got in touch with uh, Garlet Publicity uh, and they kind of, that's uh, how we got in touch with Dr. Goswami. And uh, ever since then, they've been, been kind enough to send us over a train of book and a train of guests and a, uh, you know, it's tough even trying to squeeze everyone in right now. We're just starting to do double interviews. You guys might actually start to see episodes coming out a little more than once a week. We're not going to commit to anything like that. Um, but we've got so many chats lined up. We kind of toyed with the idea of putting two interviews together, but uh, we don't really want to go that road. We'd, we'll do it from time to time if we get, um, you know, uh, uh, people like Brad Bird or people that can only give us a few minutes of time. Or we wanted to do the double comic book, uh, the graphic novel one, because it was kind of a unique thing, like have two graphic novel artists on the same sort of double episode, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, we're, we might just start uh, dropping out some extra episodes from time to time. Uh, we won't call them bonus episodes, I don't think, but just a little extra bang for your buck. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're a lot of people that uh, are great to chat to. They fit right in with our our topics and stuff like that. So we don't really want to push anybody back and we don't want to have too many in the can, right? We don't want to have a hold on to too many episodes and take too long to release them. So yeah. Well, next week, Sheldrake too. Oof. Yes. That was a fun way to get up extra early. So, um, we have a uh, news on the 50, 50, uh, money bomb draw. It's not a draw. Oh, it's I guess it is a draw. Yeah. It's kind it's of not a, draw. a lottery. It's not a lottery. Right. Yeah, so Nikki is the winner. I'm not going to say last names unless she comes on the sh if she agrees to come on the show and uh, is okay with it. Then maybe we will. But we'll just say Nikki for now. Um, she was our actually she's our most recent uh, subscriber. She just uh, subscribed about a, a week ago. 
uh, for the $5 a month plan. And now she will have a hundred dollars in her PayPal account when she wakes up tomorrow morning. Very cool. Do we want to talk a little bit about what that deal is with the 50, 50? Yeah. Well, this month we had 14, uh, 14 contributors for a total of, uh, 14466. Um, are you going to read the names? Sure. Galen, Jeff, Tim, Neil, Dave, Joe, James, Lane, Pat, Justin, Nikki, Anthony, Yoho, as he likes to be called. <laughs> and, um, uncle Dave. Right on. So that totally helps with the show expenses, right? And you don't even have to, to contribute to be put in the, the money bomb. You can send a postcard to our address on the PO box. It's on the website there. You can send a picture of our flyer via email. So there's ways to help out the show. And we're just really trying to to keep this this format rolling. THC from the Higher Sides chat started it off. And they're up to like, man, they got like, what? 1600 bucks one month last month yeah, or last like month they had 1600 bucks so. so you know they're giving away like two four hundred dollar draws and uh you know to like-minded listeners and then they're getting to obviously help out with their show so yeah exactly so um yeah we brought in our rule here is we do it a little differently we will we don't uh, really ever give away less than 100 bucks um so we take the loss if we come up short <laughs> which unfortunately seems to be the case <laughs> Uh, out of that 144 bucks, I think PayPal takes 20 and uh, leaves us with 25 bucks. Yeah. Too bad. Hey, we ain't complaining. That pays the website hosting bills exactly. for the month. Yeah. But at the same time, it'd be good to get it to the point so that we're, we're at least bringing in, you know, 200 bucks, 200 bucks a month. And then we can be, uh, you know, then we then it's a true 50 50. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do want to mention we do have, I think we've got about eight subscribers now. Uh, we just got like three in the last. Uh, last week so that's the way uh, you donate five bucks a month um, you get a grimerica email address i said i was only going to do 50 but i think we've decided we're going to call it the the push to 100 and we'll cap it off there and then uh you know we've got a nice thing going where we pay all our bills and we get to give 250 bucks to a, a listener every month uh so we'll go for that uh if you want the email address just shoot me an email once you subscribe and i'll set it up for me for you i can have it forward uh wherever you like and it'll kind of be a rite of passage uh four or five years down the road hopefully when these things aren't aren't around there's only about 92 left so act, hmm. act fast yeah yeah so we want to welcome some new countries uh to the Grimerica hegemony the hegemony yeah that's what we're calling it right now yeah, it's been a while, uh, so we got a bit of a list here. Plus, well, uh, we recently up uploaded all the episodes to YouTube. So it's kind of a mix between YouTube and the podcast. Yeah, feed, right? we decided that uh, YouTube could be part of the hegemony count. Uh, so I'll just read them off real quick, I suppose. Sure. We've got Malawi, Colombia, Tunisia, Trinidad and Tobago, Tobago. Ecuador, Guernsey. Peru, Venezuela, Sri Lanka, Uruguay, Guam, Bahamas, Oman, Lithuania, Isle of Man. Is That's that a country? I mean, Isle of Man, a country? <laughs> I think it's just off the coast of the UK. I don't. I think it's part of UK. So maybe Pato could tell us why. Pato's from Chicago. He said he was. <laughs> um, Sudan, Panama, Grenada, Bangladesh, Macau, <laughs> Macau. Andorra, Virgin's Islands, Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me all fucking frazzled. 
There's virgins on those islands? <laughs> Qatar, Lebanon, Palestine, Azerbaijan. The Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. You're just making that no. up. <laughs> Albania. It's in an old orb song, buddy. I know it. Is it's, yeah, it's crazy. Everything seems to be in an old orb song. So yeah, welcome to those countries. Uh, now we're all up to date. Uh, so it's good to good to know. We like to give a shout out whenever a new country joins joins the hegemony. So I think we're up to about 117. So let's keep it going. Yeah, it's awesome, man. And uh, we also want to do some more housekeeping here and talk about the uh, the chat room. You've, you're going to put a schedule of our shows in the chat room, right? Because we're not like the Grayling Report. Unfortunately, we can't do it like every Tuesday at the same time. So we try for Tuesdays around 10 o'clock Eastern kind of, eh, Darren? It's kind Ish, of a... Yeah, yeah. But now we're moving to like Wednesdays and Thursdays. Eastern, and, yeah. So it's Summer's kinda, harder. Yeah, it's going to be all over the place. So, But yeah, I'm going to keep an up-to-date list on the, the, the backstage page of the website, uh, grimerica.ca slash back stage and the ufo quotes is also on the page now so all the quotes graham spits out during the episodes will be in one place you guys can track them down uh that'll be at grimerica.ca slash quotes yeah yeah it was got, i've gotten like 90 percent of them on. i still need to dredge up a couple other ones but you do yeah dredge away yeah so what else do we have well the one thing that was cool uh i got put on to this holometer today. Holla, uh, yeah, someone commented holla, like, on it. Holler, like holla. No, like hologram. Oh. Holometer. Yeah, someone commented on our uh on our Jim Elvidge episode about the simulated universe. And he he forwarded me this link. I'm just trying to find it real quick here. Oh yeah, Fermilab. This company, it's a government company, Fermilab. Not Fermi, like the Fermi Paradox, but Firma. I don't know, F E. F-E-R-M-I-L-A-B. Fermilab. Fermilab. Fermilab is working on a project which would test this theory using a holometer. It's talking about uh, scanning little bits of space the size of like uh, 10 to the negative 35 meter. Anyway, it's all too complicated for me, but I did fire off an email to their media department to see if we can get someone on to, to explain it to us. Hmm. That's pretty cool, though, that they're actually looking into it. Yeah. Huh. Does it Matrix, go both ways? Matrix might be real. Huh. Interesting. I'm Morpheus. So, <laughs> so no spam this some, week? Uh, no, I don't really have um, a lot of spam here. No spam. I, That's a crime, people. I, we need to spam the shit out of Graham. I want this guy flooded. I'm saving, it. I'm saving it for next week. No saving. Yeah, there is saving. I can do what I want here in the Grand America show. You're breaking the rules as you go. Yeah. Flying by the seat of your pants. Anyways, we always appreciate your feedback. Yeah, you can spam me at graham at grandamerica.com. I can't find the fucking profound UFO quotes of the week jingle here. Thank God, because I don't have one lined up. You better get on. You see if you can find one before I can find it. Ah, uh, yes, I have one that's... It's, uh, just in line with uh, the simulated universe theory and the digital digital universe theory. Okay. I love that jingle. It's time for the profound UFO quote of the week. That's a big thanks to uh, Gitmo Yoho. I think. Yeah, to Mr. Yoho on that one as well. 
Oh yeah, we we never. I don't think we ever officially thanked uh, Neil for giving us our synchronicity jingle either. Yeah, right. So, unidentified objects. Unidentified. That's what the Great America shirt's going to say on the front of it. So, <laughs> um, unidentified flying objects are a very serious subject, which we must study fully. We appeal to all viewers to send us details of strange flying craft seen over the territories of the Soviet Union. This is a serious challenge to science, and we need the help of all Soviet citizens. Observations show that UFOs behave sensibly. In a group formation flight, they maintain a pattern. They are most often spotted over airfields, atomic stations, and other very new engineering installations. On encountering aircraft, they always maneuver so as to avoid direct contact. A considerable list of these seemingly intelligent actions gives the impression that UFOs are investigating, perhaps even reconnoitering. The important thing now is for us to discard any preconceived notions about UFOs and to organize on a global scale a calm, sensation-free, and strictly scientific study of this strange phenomena. The subject and aims of the investigation are so serious that they justify all efforts. It goes without saying that international cooperation is vital. Dr. Felix Y. Ziegel, Professor of Mathematics and Astronomy at the Moscow Aviation Institute. Moscow. Is that Russian? Was that supposed to, was that translated? Uh, probably. There's prof- well, he's probably, he probably knows English. He's a professor of mathematics and astronomy. Can you give us, can you give us the untranslated version as well? We do have listeners in Russia. You should say it in Russia. It's kind of offensive. I can't even do a Russian Russia. accent. I'm the accent guy. Uh, Russian. Hey, wait. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> UFO? What is this UFO? <laughs> That's not bad, actually. That actually wasn't too bad. Yeah. See, I should be an actor. Russian actor. <laughs> All right, I better not push my luck. So I brought up the Paradigm Symposium. Um, we want to plug that a little bit, too. Uh, we're going to be going there in October, beginning of October. Tons of good guests. Graham Hancock, Richard Dolan. Um, what's his name? Is back, eh? Von D. Yeah, big Von D. Eric Von, Von yeah, we're going to have on the show. Yeah. That's so on anyway. We talked to Ramon, my buddy Ramon. So See? I'll put a link in the show notes for uh, Paradigm Symposium 2014. Minneapolis or St. Paul or I think it's yeah, the same. No, it's thing. in Minnesota this time or Minneapolis this time. Pretty well the same place anyway. Uh, check out the website. Pat O's got a new blog up there. That's a gooder. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Nobody sent in synchronicities this week, eh? Maybe no, it's a break. Well, it turns out Yoho's synchronicity, it turns out Buddy was feeling him out for the same job that he was feeling Buddy trying to turn out to be. Well, I don't know. You say it's more of a synchronicity. I say it's No, less. no, I didn't say more. I just said it's still a synchronicity to some no. extent, but it's, you know, I'd have to read through it again. and Everything's a my... synchronicity to you. <laughs> Not true. Not true. Uh, do we have anything else? We'll have Rupert Sheldrake coming up next week. Um, well, the other the the other good thing about having a list of the upcoming uh, backstage stuff is it would kind of give people more of a lead time. Like we we need to have some place people can go to see 
where upcoming guests are, are going to be coming or who's coming up. So they have a little more lead time to get questions in yeah. if they want to get them in. I want to try and open that up a little bit more. So it'll kind of be our published schedule in a way, right? Of who we've got coming up. Yeah. It won't be a published release schedule so much as no, a published a, our schedule. Yeah. Our schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's good, man. It's kind of weird though with people in the chat room. I, I don't know. We're going to have to get used to it, but. Yes. And oh yeah, I think, uh, I'm going to throw, I think I'm going to do all the music in this episode. I'm going to do, uh, from beats boutique. Uh, okay. yeah, he's a, he's actually a fan. He, he commented on one of our YouTube videos and uh, I went and checked out his page and he's got all sorts of sweet, uh, music there and he, he agreed to let us use it. And, right. uh, yeah, he's been pushing the, the word of, of the show, trying to spread it as far as he can. We, we really appreciate that. And we appreciate the music. Uh, so that's what you heard. We'll link in the show notes to where you can track him down and check out all his stuff. Uh, of course, if you guys make music or know anyone who makes music, um, let us know and we can yeah. you know, look at using an episode. We like to, to feature as many artists as we can and, and kind of push their cause forward at the same time as we try and push ours forward. On that note, review us on iTunes and uh, spread the good word. The Gerd word. Read the Gerd word, eh? Yeah, for sure. All right, buddy. All right, guys. Enjoy the interview with Sarah. Do you want to give us, should we talk about? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Sarah Chetkin, the healing curve. Yeah. Yeah, it was her, her fascinating journey through scoliosis, uh, trying to heal her scoliosis. And man, the, uh, the journey all over the world with different modalities of healing and uh, her journey inward to her belief systems and her past and all that good stuff. A lot of spiritual principles in there, like surrender and letting go and, you know, not being too hard on yourself. So man, I, I love the, I love the chat. Great girl. Yeah. It's a good one. You guys uh, should enjoy it. Um, like I say, next week we'll have shell Drake and then Gallenberger and then Conklin yeah. or no Gallenberger. Then yeah, that's right. Yeah. Then Conklin then well we don't want to promise anything like that yeah we'll see how it goes all right guys enjoy the uh enjoy the interview Okay, guys, tonight uh, we're going to be having a chat with Sarah Chetkin. Uh, but uh, first, as always, how's it going, Grab? You haven't come up with anything different yet, eh? Hey, I'm I'll doing save good. it for the intro. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to this chat. It's uh, it's right up our alley here in Grand America, this healing journey of Sarah's. She's been 
traveling all over the world, kind of on a healing quest. And she's come out with her first book called The Healing Curve, A Catalyst to Consciousness. Sarah has got a BA in anthropology, and she also has her master's of science in uh, oriental medicine and acupuncture. And she's a a Rohan therapist and an ordained minister with the Church of Wisdom at the Delphi University. So we're uh, super happy to have Sarah on to tell us about her book and her her journey of healing through all these different modalities. So welcome to the show, uh, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's just start with uh, a sort of a, a a brief summary of your book. Like, well, I don't want to talk too much about it. I want you to say what uh, what it's about. Sure. It's um it's about well, it's about two things. About my own journey of healing with scoliosis and the many travels I took, going to healers all over the world and um, just seeking healing and spiritual insight everywhere I could find it pretty much and gas stations and in churches and with healers and New Zealand all over the place and um, and then on the other hand it's also about that inner journey that I took and that I'm still on you know really trying to understand what true healing is and, and, and what that entails and how much uncovering you have to do of yourself how much revealing you have to do I mean true revelation where you really just surrender to the the process and like you guys said you know no holds barred just let it all come up uh, look at everything total honesty with yourself about who you are and and the challenges you're facing and why you've created those challenges and how you can unravel that puzzle <clears throat> and I do my oh, best sorry to, sorry no I do my best in the book to sort of also explain and and give um, exercises, you know, just like simple tools that people can use to to start that inner journey, you know, on their own, to really, really like down to earth and, and basic tools that you can use in your daily life just to, you know, to, to start using these spiritual principles in a practical way. I'm finished. Go ahead. What, what was, um, is there anything along your journey? Like, I suppose, what was the first thing that, that really kind of caught you off guard? Yeah, well, one thing that comes to mind right away is um, during a Rohan session, and Rohan is a kind of a therapy that takes you back through your life and allows you to um, change decisions that you made a long time ago based on experiences that you may have had. You know, not necessarily even traumatic experiences, but maybe just hurtful experiences or, you know, scary experiences. And, And in those moments, those crucial moments, we make decisions about ourselves and about the world. And those decisions create belief systems. So, you know, we begin to perceive everything around us based on these belief systems. And then eventually these belief systems become law. They become our truth. You know, we see over and over again through our perceptions these belief systems being proven to us over and over. So in Rohan, you can go back and and look at the root of these belief systems and, and shift it. You know, relive the experience, see... Um, what decisions you were making and why and how you've contributed to, you know, certain difficulties in your life through these belief systems. And in a Rohan session, one of my first ones, actually, I was 17, and I just, I the woman asked me to look at my body, you know, from as if I were floating above it. And she said, okay, now, you know, look at your body and, and know that it's there for you and appreciate it, blah, blah, blah. And I just couldn't do it. I... 
I became so, um, I don't, it's hard to explain, but it's like my energy just got twisted in knots. Like every fiber of my being did not want to look at myself at all. I just didn't want to look. I couldn't acknowledge my body. I couldn't, I just didn't want anything to do with it at all. And for me, that was so poignant, like so perfect in the sense that I just, it gave me this real experience of how, how much anger and, and hatred and, and denial I was going through about my body and about my condition and how could I change that? So, you know, at 17, I was already thinking, I have to shift this. This is really bad. If I want to heal, I can't be in this energy. I can't be in total resistance, total avoidance. That is not the way to heal. So yeah. I think that moment really pushed me along the journey. And that was pretty early. That was like two years after you had found out about it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and those two years prior, was it was just complete denial and, and, and cutting myself off from my emotions and, and just, mm. you know, I mean, in a way, a lot of typical teenager things, but just 10 times that because I was, I just was unable to deal with the whole situation. Mm. You talk a lot of, in your book, too, about the unconscious uh, belief systems you have or, or the unconscious uh, maybe reasons behind those. So does Rohan also help you kind of delve into some of the stuff you weren't even aware about that's creating your perceptions? Oh, yes. Yes. And, you know, it's not even just Rohan. Rohan is pretty It's hard to find a Rohan therapist. Um, if you can, that's great. But you can also use hypnotherapy. There are other therapies that are very similar. Um, but, yeah, it helps you to to discover these belief systems. I mean, the point is that most of them are unconscious. So you don't go into a session thinking, well, I'm going to deal with this negative belief system. Most of the time you have no idea what will come up. And then, you know, things in your past that you may have even forgotten, suddenly you're looking at them again. And, mm. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really amazing once you start getting digging in there and <laughs> playing around in your psyche, you find amazing things. I read your book. Uh, I thought it was really... It was really fantastic. I mean, it's kind of, uh, we talk a little bit about healing here, like energy healing, that type of thing. So it was uh, fascinating to read about your, especially the inner journey, right? Like your honesty on um, delving through and peeling off the layers of your, of your personality. Yeah. And it does take honesty. I mean, it takes honesty with yourself, you know, even in, even just sitting alone in a room by yourself, looking at your looking at your your personality and your, your psyche and everything your belief systems we still have so much difficulty just looking at it without any veils without any you know accoutrements or anything just just bare bones who you are what are your fears what are your beliefs and i i think it just takes either a moment of grace or just, just willingness to do it. But so often, you know, human nature, we don't become willing until there's really a reason, something pushing us. And for me, that was scoliosis. And for other people, it might be something else. And I should point out too, that the healing curve is, it's not just about scoliosis, you know, it's, it's, you can insert any condition into there. I mean, you can, even emotional things, anything, you know, any difficulties in life, I truly believe can all be addressed by just sitting and sitting with yourself and, and learning about who you are and how you're contributing to those situations. There aren't any situations that you aren't creating and that you haven't brought to you for some reason. 
Yeah, that's tough though. It resonated with me when you talked about sitting peacefully by yourself and quiet without kind of any distractions. Cause you just the other day I was kind of doing that and, and I, f- you feel guilty if you're not uh, being productive in some way, like you're not, you know, learning something or doing something. I should be exercising. I should be talking to somebody. I should be doing this and that. Um, it's hard in this society with all these distractions to actually get enough time to, to journey inward. I know it's true. Even spirituality is, is a, a list of things to do. You know, it's all doing. You can meditate, you can pray, you can, I don't know, burn incense. You can read a spiritual book. You can, you know, take a class. I mean, there's so much doing, doing, doing. I mean, that's our impulse. That's what we want. And I find when you do sit down, uh, so many different things start to come up, things that you aren't addressing when you're doing all this stuff, you know, emotions that you unconsciously are running from that as soon as you sit still and, and quiet for a minute, <laughs> the impulse is to get up and start doing things again because you don't want to deal with those things. But when you have the courage to, you find they go so fast. I mean, they just, you know, things come up, you you look at them, you honor them, you acknowledge them, they have their moment of expression and they pass. And emotions are, are not permanent things. They're not defining aspects of us. You know, they're just experiences and the more you resist them, the more they stick around. But as you allow them, they move on. And, you know, having struggled so much with anxiety in my life, I found that that's one of the best things I can do. If I start to feel anxiety, I don't get into a state of resistance. I, I, I get into a state of allowing. And as I allow, these emotions come up. And I notice sometimes that in place of anxiety, I find joy, you know, excited, giddiness, happy. It, it's, it's incredible what we're resisting in every moment and, and how much resistance we we put out into the world. We don't even re- realize it. So these moments of stillness that you're talking about, these moments of quiet are just so essential to to developing some order and, and peace in your life. So are you saying that the act of recognizing that emotion and just surrendering to it helps dissolve it as opposed to like resisting it? Yes. Definitely. I mean, anything that you're resisting is, you're giving it reason to be there. You know, you're building this wall and behind that wall is this emotion that's growing and growing because it's not, you know, emotions should be moving. They should always be flowing, right? I heard um, someone say once, emotions are energy in motion. You know, it should always be flowing and open and, and just experiences that you're having in every moment. And when you stop that, yes, it builds up like a dam, you know, the, it just builds up and builds up. And so does your fear of that emotion. And sometimes the fear of the emotion is worse than the emotion itself. If you would just allow, you know, in the little moments, these little frustrations and things to be there, you'll find that the big moments of anxiety tend to dissolve easier. They don't come as often because you're allowing that flow. And you can use that in everything in your life. I mean, you can... You know, if someone else around you is being frustrating, if if you're going through a difficult time in, in anything, I mean, just something as simple as getting frustrated in line, you know, because someone is taking too long ahead of you, practice allowing, you know, practice saying, okay, this person is fumbling in their purse and they're taking forever and, you know, I'm late and whatever. Practice that moment. Breathe, you know, allow it to be there. It's okay. It's we get so frustrated with these little moments, always putting conditions on our happiness 
we don't realize how many moments we're missing out on, how much joy we're missing out on, cheating ourselves out of. So I, I think allowing, practicing, just allowing in your daily life is so good too. Yeah, it's like what Eckhart Tolle would say or something. Instead of waiting in line, just be in line. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, put yourself one hundred percent into everything you're doing. Those are you know? those are powerful principles. Like I was gonna ask you about those, like acceptance and surrender and all that. But it's hard I think it's hard for people, like, even though they're powerful and people who've experienced that action of surrendering or like things you know becoming blissful through some of those principle principles i think it's hard for people to wrap their head around how to do it right like how do you surrender or let go or accept the way things are like can you talk a bit about your experience and and actually allowing that to happen yes um you know i think to do it in a in a way that isn't, isn't coming about through just a moment of meditation and grace to practice it in your daily life, one of the best things is, is what I just said, just to start with little moments, you know? You have to learn the process of letting go. You have to develop it, and that takes baby steps, you know? Little things, like I said, like just remaining calm when you're in line. Just like you said, be in line. Don't worry. I mean, right now, I'm in line. That's all I'm doing. That's my life. This is, that's the moment. There's only here and now. I'm here now in this line. And just to practice in that way. And then you'll notice as bigger challenges come up, you'll already have the tools in place to allow, to surrender. And then another thing, too, is that if you think about what it is that's actually getting frustrated, <laughs> I mean, what is, the, what is that part of you that's feeling frustrated, you know, feeling angry, that doesn't want to surrender, that doesn't want to let go. It's all from your personality. And, you know, I've been, we're teaching a class in a couple of weeks, my husband and I, and I've been working on this exercise where you, you, you get into a relaxed state and then, you know, you imagine there's a, like a ball spinning above your head or, you know, anything you want as some kind of container. And in that container, you start to put all of your personality, everything, you know, even the things that you cherish and think make you a really spectacular person, like your beliefs, your convictions, your politics, your, your ethics, your morals, whatever it might be. You just put all of it into that ball because all of these things, these personality traits, they aren't you. You know, they're not the infinite divine you. They're not the true self. These are just masks we carry through life and that's fine but we give it so much importance so this meditation is just an exercise in learning how to you know really let these traits go i mean put them aside for a minute and as you're doing it as you're allowing these things to enter this ball or this container above your head uh pay attention you know what what traits are more difficult for me to let go of? Which traits do I think, ah, oh, I can, you know, that's fine. I can just let that one go. Which ones do you really hold on to? Which mm -hmm. ones is it just impossible for you to even imagine yourself without them, you know, and, and practice it? I mean, can I let this go for a minute? Can I, can I even pretend to exist without it for a second? You know, what is that? What's left when I let go of all these traits? Who's there? there's something there and and the more you loosen your grip on those personality traits that your personality the more you'll experience that other part that that infinite intelligence or divine self whatever you whatever you want to call it and um as you do that i mean the more your life just 
opens up and, and you, you know, the little things that frustrated you before are just nothing, you know, you yeah. just, you're living from this other perspective, this, this infinite perspective. When you're thinking about infinities and, and how we're all one and, and, you know, how amazing everything is in life, something silly like being caught in line, being stuck in line is nothing. I mean, everywhere you look, there's life. It's incredible. So why does it matter where you are, what you're doing? All of it is amazing. So going back to meditation a bit, um, mm -hmm. what's your fit for people that are just getting into meditation? Like we've talked a lot about it. We had a, sh we had an episode on meditation and, uh, what was your, is there any type that really resonate with you? Like I realize you're doing your own, your own types now, like making up your own style kind of, but right. what about some of the traditional styles? Like, is there any that you found more powerful than others or? Well, you know, some of the, um, most dramatic changes I've had in my, just in my personal life and my own, you know, my own emotions and, and things like that. Um, we're with, uh, Sadhguru, who is a teacher and his, uh, organization is called Isha and he teaches a meditation, a very simple 20 minute meditation that was really life transforming and, um, really good for people who are first starting out on meditating because, uh, each, there's like sections, you do little sections, you know, you do this activity, then you do this kind of breathing, then you do that kind of breathing. And, then you hold and then you, you know, there's, there's mm. things that you're focusing on. And, and I think one of the challenges with people when they're first starting to meditate is the idea that they're just sitting there, yeah, you know, yeah, doing yeah. nothing. They can't, do you... they can't just empty their mind or whatever. Right. And that's, you know, that's okay. I mean, you can use it too as just a, a moment to observe your thoughts, to kind of detach from your thoughts a little bit and watch them go by and, and see you know, use it as a learning experience. Where do my thoughts take me? I mean, where's the natural flow going? Is it always negative? You know, how, how can I address that? Mm. So it's okay, too, to just sit quietly and, and breathe and observe your thoughts. It's a good practice anyway, because often thoughts bring up emotions, and it's a good idea to learn how to sort of separate yourself a little bit from your emotions, too, to understand that you're experiencing anger, you know, you aren't anger, you aren't angry, you're just having this experience. And the more you can learn to do that, the easier your life will be. So meditating mm -hmm. in that way is just really powerful too. And how did you spell that? Was it E-S-H-A, Isha? I-S-I-S-H-A. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. How yeah, well, very good organization. Were you, were you raised, uh, were you, did you, were you, were you, the? Were you raised uh, religious? Like, did you grow up with any sort of dogma or anything like that? Um, no, my, my parents are pretty, um, my mom really isn't, doesn't like organized religion exactly, but then we live in a community, which is Lilydale, and I grew up here, um, where it's all spiritualist, so you, you have to be a spiritualist in order to live here. But spiritualism is all about not having any dogma, not having any creed, and, right. and seeking truth for yourself within your own heart. And, and, you know, we say the God of your own understanding. I mean, there's no rules, you know? So it's a very open and, and free religion. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I grew up with a lot of these ideas, you know, of meditation. And, I mean, my mother is a Rohan therapist, so I had that from an early age. and. We just had a house where, you know, we were really free to explore all of these things, I mean, all these different spiritual phenomena you hear about and energy work. And so I really grew up in that kind of environment. Did, 
Uh, it's funny. I had a little note here too to ask you what What if your parents were materialists? Like, how can you can you imagine what your healing journey would have been like if you had a different upbringing? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I guess if that had been the case, I would have just had surgery. I don't know. Right. You know, I mean, they probably would have pushed me into that, and, and being fifteen, I I wouldn't have had much choice in the in the matter, and. um I don't know. I mean, I like to think that it's just my natural state is to pursue things in this way and, and mm-hmm. to have this spiritual life, but you don't know, you know? But then at the same time, if you really think about how we're always creating our own existence and, you know, we're choosing everything and, and it's our movie, you know, life is your movie. So I probably, I mean, the scenario is hypothetical, but it never would have happened because I would resonate towards parents who would support me in this kind of journey, you know, anyway. Right. And everybody does that. I mean, everybody's energy and and you could call your karma. I mean, you're pulled in certain directions all the time. And the trick is to be conscious so that that's not happening anymore. I mean, that's what dropping your karma really is about, you know learning who you are and and letting that stuff go so that you're not just pulled all over the place unconsciously, not knowing why you keep ending up in these crazy situations. Karma dropping. So you've been on, on quite, quite the journey. Like uh, how many different healers do you think you've, you've, um, you've visited over, over your path? Well, um, (laughs) well, I mean, the main ones have been, uh, the two different psychic surgeons in Brazil, the Maoris in New Zealand, um, uh, actually a psychic surgeon here in the States, um, a woman who I speak about in the book, Cheryl, who does amazing body work here in the States, and chiropractors and massage therapists and, uh, you know, myofascial release. People. I mean, I just love healing and I love healing work, so... Any healer that I, I find out about, I'm I'm eager to experience them if I think it's, you know, if they sound, if it resonates with me. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been to a lot and all over the board. I mean, you know, all from one spectrum to the other. Do you have, uh, like, uh, obviously Rohan is, is up at the top of the list. Do you have, is there a close second or? Well, uh... I mean, yes, I think Rohan is good for everybody. It's just invaluable. It's so it's so amazing to have those experiences. But after that, you know, it's hard to say. I think you just have to find a healer that you really resonate with. I mean, I don't I really believe that the modality is not as important as 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 what we're bringing to the table and and what we're willing to let go of and you know, when we're at a place when we reach a place where we're really willing to drop a lot of stuff, you know, to let go of a lot of things, then that healer will disappear who seems perfect for you and you'll go to them. That's funny. That seems to be like a running theme on our, on our show is that the, the continuing movement of, of religion and spirituality becoming more of a personal, personal experiential thing as opposed to, you know, going to church on Sunday. Totally. Um, yeah, well, I'm you curi- know, there's that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. There's that saying, you know, religion is having someone else's experience of God, and mysticism is having your own. Hmm. Um, so, 
in your travels, you must have, I mean, have you ever considered uh, things like ayahuasca or, you know, uh, people are seem to be having profound experiences every day with, with some of these psychedelic substances. And, you know, we've, we've talked to a few people on psychedelics that are kind of, you know, it's, it's almost the same thing, but just in a different tone. Yeah. I, I haven't personally, I, I, you know, I, I don't like feeling like I'm like out of control at all, but I, I tend to like stay away from drugs in general. I mean, I know it's not a drug drug, but any kind of experience like that kind of freaks me out. But then on the same time, um, when I went to this Isha program, uh, they do a lot. I mean, they really, they really pump you up and you know, you're constantly just going, 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 and it's very, very intense. And I think in those moments you reach these states of ecstasy and just, just like, I don't know how else to explain it, but you know, just pure bliss, but like such high energy and, and that you just want to, you just scream. I mean, you're just screaming for no reason. You know, you're so, so energized. And I think it's kind of, you're reaching the same, that same pitch, but if you do it, I think if you do it with psychedelics, the energy's not there. You know, it's, uh, it's a different experience. The, um, I mean, it's, it's coming and I don't want to, and I'm not judging it, but I feel like it's more artificial. Like if you can get there through these programs or through meditation and it's so, your energy is so high, you know, it's so intensely blissful. It's so alive and just mind blowing that I don't think that you can reach that same height with drugs. I don't, but I don't know because I haven't experienced it. So I can't really say much about mm-hmm. it. Hmm. That's interesting. Me either. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, how about past lives? Like when you were looking back at your, at your past and your childhood and all that kind of stuff and bringing up unconscious things, did you ever go back into previous lives? Is that something that you, I don't know if believe in is the right word, but have you thought about where things even might've come from back then or yeah, currently? Yeah. Uh, the wheelchair experience that I write about in the healing curve is, um, Oh, right. Yeah. 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 It's not clear to me if that was a past life or what that was, but it was so real to me. I mean, I really and truly felt that I was paralyzed. I really had the experience of being in that wheelchair. And I, I, you know, I write about it in the book that I was screaming at my therapist, I'm paralyzed, I'm paralyzed. And I mean, I just, it was completely as if I, as if I were, as if I were back in that life and that's what happened. And and that, that was my life now. And, um, it was really incredible. I'd never had anything like that before. And I've had other moments where I've seen past lives and I've, but it's always in my mind's eye. You know, I'm always, I can see it. I can see myself. I know that I was there, but it wasn't like this. I mean, this was visceral. This was real. It was happening in that moment. And um, so, you know, past lives, you know, I don't even like the word past lives because technically it's all happening now. You know, yeah, no concurrently, past. right? Yeah. Right. It's here and now, it's all happening at the same time, which is totally impossible to wrap your mind around. But I think that's the way it is. So I sometimes we say other lives instead of past yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. We t- we've talked about that before, too. So, yeah. like, that wheelchair thing almost sensed, like, I got the sense it was, like, a, fu- a, a potential future life or a potential other life of yours. Yeah. Yeah, like some other track or something yeah, that I've yeah. managed to shift away yeah. from. Yeah, my husband loves talking about parallel universes. So oh, sweet. We're always so do talking we. about things 
like that. Yeah, yeah he I should mean, be, just, he should listen no. to the Grimerica show then for sure. So I'll tell him. <laughs> okay, we yeah, talk I about mean, a, they're cool. We we talk about a float tank a lot here too. We've tried a sensory deprivation float tank. So hmm. I got to ask you if you've tried that or because it, it seems like that's kind of really uh, it can be good for for physical type. Um, you know, people that have physical conditions. Yeah, you know, I haven't tried that exactly. I don't know what it was. We, we were at this hotel. I mean, this is so silly, but we were at this hotel once, and we did this, like, massage and whatever, and, you know, they do all these things. And then you, they had us in this, like, pool of water that was intensely salty. So, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe it's, six, like, not a lot of water. I mean, a foot of water, maybe? And you're just floating in there, and the room is all dark, and everything's dark, and you're just in this pool floating for I don't know how long. I mean, it felt like 10 minutes. It was, it was no time at all, but it was, uh, yeah, it was really incredible. While it was happening, I thought, well, this is very comfortable and nice, but I don't know what it's doing for me. But then when they came back in, I saw how my perception of time was just completely eroded. I had no perception of time. I mean, it could have been there two minutes or two hours. I didn't know. And that's interesting because time, linear time, I mean, it's, it's so, it's so changeable. It doesn't mean much, does it? No. Except for when the alarm goes off in the morning. <laughs> yeah, then it means a lot, like after tonight. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to talk a bit more about your book? Like, I don't want to give away it, but do you want to talk a bit more about your journeys through that? Is there sure. anything else you want to mention? Well, um, you know, I mean, you mean just the specific experiences I had that I... Yeah, well, like, maybe, really... maybe talk about were... the Maori uh, in New oh, Zealand yeah, is kind of like, we, we have a couple listeners in New Zealand and we talk about that country a lot for some reason. We have the flag right up in the in the studio, so. Don't and... we have a Maori thing here somewhere that someone sent us? <laughs> First of all, we should ask you how to pronounce it. <laughs> Maori. Maori? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe we do, yeah. Is that what this little thing is? I think that's what that is, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, someone sent us a little Maori uh, statue. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love New Zealand. I I want to go back there so badly. It was it's such an amazing place, and I had such an incredible time with them. And you know, it's just that sense of community. I mean, they're so strong with that. You know, their presence is so strong in the culture, and they are so. I mean, in my perception, they just seem so tight-knit and, like, beautiful community. And, you know, we went to their, um, it's called the Marai, Marai, I hope I'm saying it right, and it's a, it's a, like a meeting place, you know, a, a traditional meeting place for tribes to come and, and discuss things or to do healing work or whatever, and anything important going on in the community. And we stayed there for the weekend and just cooking and, and, and learning healing work, and I was having a lot of work done, and you know, we all slept on the floor, the women on one side of the room, the men on one side. And I just can't tell you how special and incredible it was to be a part of that. You know, I, you don't have many opportunities to look in on another world like that in life. And they just welcomed us with open arms. And I, I'll never forget it. It was really amazing. And I don't know. We just, you know, I mean, I live in a nice community and, and we have a lot of community dinners and, and different events together and stuff, but there was something about this that was like family. I mean, I loved it. And 
the Maoris are, I mean, the ones I knew anyway, the ones doing this healing work, are so clairvoyant. They see everything. A spirit, I, I had this experience where I was laying on the massage table and they were working on me. And I felt this presence, and I write about it in The Healing Curve. I felt this presence at the foot of the, the at the head of the table, standing over me, and it really felt like this big, like Native American, just standing there, like strong and and huge. And I thought, wow, I mean, this is this is intense. I, you know, I I don't have any connection really to Native Americans. My great grandmother had a lot of connections with the local Seneca people here, but I don't have any myself, and I didn't know her well, well, at all, actually. I'm Ojibwe. And you are. Yeah. So, so um, anyway, I just I felt this happening, and I I don't know. I didn't know what to make of it, and I just really loved feeling that energy, and I felt so good there. And then suddenly, Papa, who is the teacher, Hohepa, he he says to me, or he says to the room, "Oh, we have visitors. You know, everybody, look, we have these visitors." And they um, they all looked up to the front of the room, and they saw not only the presence I was feeling, but this entire congregation, this this whole group of people of Native Americans coming into the room and and greeting them and saying, you know, that I was their granddaughter and that they were so proud to of the work that they were doing, and, and they wanted to come and honor the Maori and everything, which was really beautiful for everybody there because, like I said, the Marae was traditionally a place for people, for different tribes to come and meet and, and discuss and whatever, take care of any business they had to take care of. So it was this just incredible moment for me, for everybody, and I was just really jealous that I couldn't see them with my open eyes like they could. Hmm. But it was so beautiful. I mean, the whole weekend was incredible. So what about um, the future of your healing journey? Like the one thing I liked about about your book too is you didn't come out and say, "Oh, I've been miraculously healed." Like you've been through this journey and you've continually—it seems to me like you continually got better, but you still have uh, part ways to go, which mm-hmm. is kind of which is kind of very you know humbling, right? That you're that you still yes. Uh, and then, so do you have any plans? Like, do you have any other? plans for different trying different things or where where's your sort of heart taking you next you know right now i'm really really working on on this uh this idea i'm telling you about with personality and and really learning how to to put that aside a little bit and allow the divine to come through more you know to to live my life with that energy 
putting my attention on that energy rather than the other and, and trusting that energy to to work through me, you know, to do whatever it needs to do, whatever that might be, if that's healing my back, if that's, you know, just sorting things out in my life, if that's just creating more beautiful experiences for me, whatever it is, I'm just, I really want to work on giving up control of the direction of my life and allowing my my higher intelligence or my, you know, that, that higher self to to guide me through that and to put that personality aside a little bit more. You know, I just, I think the two go hand in hand. And um, so that's what I'm working with. And I'm always saying, you know, I trust in the process and I trust that, you know, I can be healed by this energy. I mean, this is, we're talking about infinite intelligence, you know, your your true center, your divine nature. I mean, if that doesn't have the power to heal, I don't know what does. So... I'm working with that, but you know, at this point, I'm I'm doing so well that it almost doesn't matter. I mean, if I could live my life and this is the the state of my back from now on, it's, mm-hmm. it's fine. I mean, I've come so far that I'm I'm okay with where I'm at. Right. And you know, if I I'm still seeing Cheryl, she's incredible. I have a chiropractor here that I really am enjoying too, and you know, I'm just. Uh, I'm just enjoying and taking it as it comes. We have a two-year-old, and I'm we're having another baby, so you know, <laughs> we're focused on those things right now. That's good. So, yeah, you make it sound simple, but I bet you a lot of people hear that and go, wow, that sounds pretty challenging. <laughs> a lot of yeah, introspection you know, and a lot of trust. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I, and this is insane and very honest, but I'll... Um, I'll meet people, you know, who don't have much spirituality going on. They're just happy and, you know, living their lives, enjoying their kids. You know, maybe they don't love their jobs, but they have their job. It's stable. They're enjoying it. You know, they have enough money to do what they need to do. And, you know, everything's fine. I mean, everything is okay. And I think, why am I, like, digging so deeply into myself and and every day, like, challenging myself to... To, to make these breakthroughs, you know, and really push and, and do that because this person's living a perfectly happy life and <laughs> I'm, like, spending every day working like this, working on this. But then I have these meditations or I, I, I look back on how amazing my life has been and I think, well, that's why, you know. I mean, you have so much... When you walk that path, there's so much depth. There's so much... You really experience life on another level and... I love that. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Sometimes I wonder if people like that aren't just older souls, you know, yeah, they've been, they've that. just been fucking at it. I know, they've right? been at they it just, so much longer. They're just, yeah. they're, they, they just get it. They yeah. don't know why, you know, they, they don't know why, but they're inside. They don't need to know, you know, inside they know. Huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then there's the well, others that are, that are like completely resistant and just miserable and, and, uh, kind of not really aware of why and, yeah. and sometimes they don't the even ground. think they need to change <laughs> yeah and you know i'm you just have to have compassion for those people and mm-hmm. kind of stay out of their way a little bit <laughs> yeah exactly so that you've you've probably answered this uh, numerous times but i'm going to try and ask it in a different way so what what would you give for advice for somebody or people who have a chronic conditions or complex medical conditions where they they have a hard time whether through through uh, their healing journeys already or through the medical 
community that they can't it's hard to even diagnose what they have but they have like you know multiple things going on like and i know it's you know there's all these different modalities and the like what resonates with them and this and that but is there any advice you give to some people that just have a real hard time wrapping their heads around what's wrong with them and how to and how to fix it you know i i sometimes i feel like i have that just with myself because i know i i know my diagnosis but actually unraveling it and and really bringing my spine into full alignment is just such a mystery and i i wonder what is the key you know where where is this all going i mean what is my what is my goal here? Like, what am I trying to figure out? And I guess the only thing is to just, you know, don't, don't beat yourself up. Don't um, battle the condition, whatever it might be. I think when we're ill, we have so many uh, metaphors and we talk about it in this way as if we're going to war, you know, the most obvious is you're fighting cancer, but it doesn't have to be cancer. You know, anything we tend to, again, resist the condition and, and think of it as the, the thing we have to change, you know, the enemy. And I think more often than not, it's just another part of us that's looking for expression and we haven't listened to it in so long, you know, so now it's manifesting itself physically. And we just have to keep looking within, you know, keep digging until you you find the thing that you don't want to look at. I mean, that's the trick, right? It's so it's such a puzzle to figure out what you need to look at when you don't want to look at it. And the only thing I found is just to keep going and to be patient with myself, to have compassion, to to stay at it, to find ways to have these high spiritual experiences that that help you stay on the path, you know, that help you that motivate you to keep going. If you, you know, I think the spiritual experiences that you have in meditation or at classes, and I think they're so important as motivators, not so much in and of themselves. I don't know how much they're doing just in that one moment, but they give you that peak over the wall. You know, yeah. they help you to see this is where I'm going. This is my goal. You know, I want to feel this all the time. Mm. And so I would say seek those experiences out and, you know, practice that. So practice okay. bringing that into your life. Okay, that's good. That's good advice. So when you talk about looking at stuff that you don't want to see, right? I totally get that. But let's say, let's say, and we we're hearing about it. Like now that we're doing this podcast on, we're meeting people, and we're talking to people, and uh, we've heard about people that have like uh, shadow person encounters or like scary encounters of the paranormal kind, right? Whether it be like. Maybe, maybe ghosts, but not so much like shadow people or incubus or succubus, like these type of, I don't know if you even want to call them demonic, but like, how did they, when they, when they, when that's caused some sort of trauma in their life, maybe, um, like, how do you look at something like that? Like, how do you go about, you know, bringing that to the surface and then dealing with it when you, when you have no idea what it is? Sorry, that's probably a hard question. It's just... I, well, I just want to clarify. Do you mean that they've had an experience like that and they've blocked it out? Or do you mean they've had an experience like that and they don't want to look at it anymore? I mean, what... Okay, okay. What, Let's say that they have had that experience. They know they've had it, but they haven't necessarily blocked it out. Um, maybe, and they probably don't want to look at it, right? Because they probably don't know, don't even know what it is, right? Like, where do you even start with something like that, right? Well, I mean, to me, I would start in the same place with 
as I would with anything else, and that's with the person themselves. You right. know, I mean, it's all you. Okay. Everything is you. So I've had poltergeists before, and the next day I saw them, I saw that energy in me. You know, I saw it being expressed in myself, and it came out in sessions, and yeah. And I just had to own it, you know. I had to say, well, I mean, that was my energy. I mean, I created that, you know. Uh-huh. I did that. Okay. And, um... I think it's true with any with anything like that. If you have a belief system, there's evil out there, and it's you know it's I'm in danger. I'm I can be. I need to protect myself against it. Well, the chances are you're going to experience that in one way or another. I mean, either you're going to experience it like you say, you know, with these these um, entities, or you're going to experience it in your neighbor, like being a horrible person. You know, it's, right, it's right. going to come up. So I don't think the Specific experiences as important as the belief system the person is carrying about it, you know, or the belief system that led to it. Yeah, and yeah. No, that makes sense. For me, yeah, and you know, for me, there's only God. There's only one energy, you know, and we're all different expressions of that energy. And the idea of good and bad, good and evil, is our own take on things, you know. So it's all one energy. Everything comes from this one place. And closer to yin and yang. Right. Well, yin and yang is even before that. I mean, they say in, in, you know, Lao Tzu, in the beginning there was the one, and then there was the yin and yang, and then the myriad of all things, or however the quote goes. You know, it starts with the one, and from there we get everything else. So if we call that evil and we call some other things good, that's that's our interpretation. But it's all one energy, so... We have to always remember that, you know, when we're we're thinking about things like this. It's all God. It's all good. Huh. We're just put here so that the universe can experience observe itself, itself. Experience itself yeah, through us. exactly. <laughs> Experiencing itself. That's it. That's it, exactly. Or you guys are all just digital people that are in my little reality, <laughs> and this is all I, part of my head. Hmm? <laughs> Ones and zeros. <laughs> yep. Sort of, I mean, you've had all these experiences. Could you, could you pick one or two that were like the most profound that just really shook you, shook you up to the roots? Oh, wow. Um, well, I, you know, I'm thinking of one that isn't in the, that isn't in the healing curve. Uh, a friend of mine now is, who's an incredible healer in New York city. His name's Robert Peng. And he, generates electricity just out of his body. He's a Qigong master. And yeah, it's unbelievable. And the first time I had a treatment with him, um, I don't know, for some reason I just had this attitude like, oh, well, it's just another healer. I mean, let's see what it is, right? And I went in and he started working. And I can just remember after he was done, I went out to my car and I just had to sit there for a second thinking this this is impossible. I mean, how does the human body do something like that? You know, how is he able to take his energy and make it so focused? And, I, you know, it's, it's on kind of a superficial level, but I, sometimes these physical phenomena that I've experienced, it's just so amazing. It reminds me that the world is so rich. You know, there's, there's so much in this universe that we don't see. We just miss it because we're too busy, like, you know, worrying about a personality and, and, and getting involved in the social media or whatever we're doing, and I do it too. But when you have these moments where you're reminded of how powerful we actually are, like how incredible 
human beings really are and, and what life is really about and, and what our true potential is. And those for me are, are really just, I'm, I mean, just life-changing moments. And if I could carry that with me longer than just a couple hours, I think my life would really shift in big, big ways. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard some crazy, we, I've done some Qigong in, in the city here, and I've heard some crazy stories about the, the true masters of Qigong and how powerful they get. It's incredible, isn't it? I yeah. mean, his, his teachers walked on water, and I mean, just incredible stories. And he had us, you know, I've taken a lot of classes with him, and uh, at the end of one class, he taught us how to raise our chi to this point where we became very light, and of course he helped too. I mean, when we at the end, we did this exercise where we stood on, on uncooked eggs, you know? just standing on eggs on end and yeah like just lay, put the egg on the floor and you stand on it but you're so light from lifting your energy up and he helps boost that for you that you can just stand on them it's nothing they don't break huh well that's fascinating yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean really incredible thing. i was just thinking what, what was the one where those like monks could like jump real far oh yeah yeah what's that what called, was that again? called yeah. where they like go into the zone and they can just like whoo, yeah, yeah, they run super fast or whatever. Well, that's the same type of thing, right? You make yourself so light, you travel like super yeah, fast. and they yeah. take like huge, like hundred feet yeah. Yeah. leaps and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, huh. that's yeah, so, that's amazing. Yeah, there's so many mysteries that we just and and it's, it's too bad because we don't, you know, all this stuff is kind of kept from us during school and and even in like the mainstream right now it's just still kind of ridiculed it's i don't know i can't wait till it opens that's up that's a, a western more. thing though you know the other five that's billion true. people have yeah. it fucking figured out <laughs> that's true it's getting it's really opening up though i mean it's you know, people i there's so many i mean i've i've been on so many shows and i just can't believe how many shows there are out there successful shows about this kind of stuff you know it's I mean, people are thirsty for this understanding, and I think as a whole we're really waking up to it, you know, wanting to learn these things. And I hope also learning that the best, the most amazing journey is the one within, you know. I mean, that's how these people get where they are, and that's how they learn to jump 100 feet or to make electricity out of themselves. They've done that work, you know, inside. Yeah. That's the power of, you know, of your true nature coming through. I mean, that's what it is. And I mean, that's, that's the ultimate goal. I think, I mean, that's really the, the purpose of life to be back in touch with that energy, to have a conscious relationship with that energy. It's, 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 uh, do we do, we do. Yeah. Do, do and be and do and be <laughs> there. It's, uh, it, the sp people in the spiritual community that have worked on themselves, it is really a pleasure to be around them. Like I've, I noticed that and, and some of the people that have done that work is so comfortable that very they're actually very grounded, I think. Well, and they don't have as many um attachments, you know, they don't have as many hang ups. I mean, they're letting all of that stuff go. So it's nicer to be around them because they're not touching any of your buttons, you know. I mean, if they don't have them there, then they can't remind you of them. Ah. I mean, that's when we you know, when we're frustrated by somebody, it's because they're showing us a part of us we don't like, right? Right, right. So they're letting all of that go. So if they don't have those hangups, you're free. You feel freer to let them go too. Hmm. So is there another book in the works for you eventually? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm toying with a few ideas and I, I mean, I definitely want to keep writing and I'm always working on articles and 
we're working you, on it. You must be pretty busy with with uh, the two year old. I've got a three year old and and an eight month old, and they keep me pretty busy. I know it's a, it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of work too. That's kind of that. How has that influenced your healing? Like I know I know my kids had a profound effect on on my path. You know, it's taught me a lot about. Um, you love your kids so intensely and sometimes that comes with a lot of fear, you know, because you just, you want to protect them. And it's taught me a lot about that, that idea of, you know, I love you. So I want to control you, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and how that's just a bad approach. I mean, that doesn't love should uplift you and, and make you feel good and happy. But instead so often when you care so much about something, it, you start to worry about it right away. And, uh, it's really showed me, that part of myself and, and I'm really working with that and, you know, trying to let go and allow him to blossom and explore as, as much as he wants to the extent of what I consider safe. And, um, it's a really beautiful lesson. I mean, I think there's just so much about having kids that is, uh, it's really, they're just incredible teachers. Just the experience and, and the experience of really and truly having to put yourself aside sometimes, you know, most mm. of the time. Really, just you cannot walk away. I mean, you can't go away. You you are there 100% no matter what. And in any other situation in life, you always have the option to go the other way. Have you ever, now this is a little off topic, but uh, I was just wondering, um, I've had, have you ever had an experience with your little one, like where they've they've just said something that makes you wonder, like my daughter said, my older daughter said a few things that have maybe made me wonder about, past lives and stuff that I used to really not give any credence to. And some are of the you things making that notes come of all this? Her, you should make notes of all this. Eh? Some of the things that come out of her mouth, they're just like, wow, you know, like, and it seems like, especially around, like when we had a, a death in the family and, you know, we were kind of broken up about it and she'd come, you know, it's okay. You know, she's gone home. It's okay. And, or, <laughs> and, and then like she'd two. say like, she was a grandma before she's like, I was a grandma before and I died and now I'm here. Huh? Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, well, he's not even two yet, so he doesn't say a lot more than, like, you know, hi and bye and mom and dad and up and down and <laughs> oy, oy, oy and uh-oh. <laughs> so, not yet. But, I mean, I, I know I was like that as a kid. My mom tells me all the time that I used to say, oh, you know, I had my sister in my belly last time and, and my brother was already with us and, you know, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Wow. Yeah, that's funny because you hear a lot of that, that it's entangled like that. You know what I mean? Like it'll be the it's same sort of family. group of souls Just, that yeah. are going through it over and over. And Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Huh. So many questions and uh, just how to, how to get the answers. I don't know. <laughs> and it seems like the more you delve into it, the more questions you, you end up having. Oh, absolutely. The more you know, the less you know, right? I mean. Yeah. So, what, is there anything else you want to mention before we uh, before we start wrapping up here? Anything you want to plug? <laughs> well, my class is on July 10th in Lilydale, and uh, Lilydale, New York, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do tons of like these kinds of meditations, learning how to let go of personality, and and really start to experience that other divine energy. And uh, or my husband and I, and we're we have a nice kind of bickering fun relationship so it should definitely be entertaining and what's the class and, uh, called it's called embracing the spiritual life okay oh that's cool mm -hmm. are you guys going to travel with that eventually do you think 
That would be great. Yeah, this is our first go with it, so we'll see how people enjoy it. We'll make sure and put a link up in the show notes. I know we've got a few listeners in New York, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have it on our, it's on my events page on my website, which is thehealingcurvebook.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll link to all that, too. All right. Yeah, I think that that about wraps it up. We'd like to we'd like to really thank you for coming on, and we encourage uh, encourage our listeners to check out the book and and check out the website. And it's just uh, you know a feel good. It is. It's a good story. It's it really feels like you get to to know you like you put it all out there. Yeah, I tried to. I honesty, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're welcome. Alrighty, well, we'll link to everything in the show notes, and yeah, thanks a lot, Sarah. Have a good night, and thanks for staying up late for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. have a good sleep. Yeah. Thank you, I will. Go right to bed. Welcome back to the Grand America Show. Yeah, that was our chat with Sarah Chetkin, uh, the Healing Curve author. Uh, what do you think, Graham? I like that stuff, man. I like all the going within and the stillness, the power of the stillness. And yeah, yeah, I'm still uh, on the fence with some of that kind of stuff, but I'm coming around. You know, the more people we talk to, the more I seem to come around some of the stuff. Other stuff is still a little bit out there for me, but this stuff seems a little more. Uh, has a little more of a solid foundation than say uh crypto planet circle yeah it's hard because it's it's hard it's hard to measure the stuff scientifically right we've done a couple healing shows now and you know i've taken reiki and shit like that so it's just you can't discount people's experience you know people that heal and stuff uh you can't just throw that shit away right yeah well to each their own i mean some people are going to throw it away no matter what, but uh, it seems like there's something out there. So we'll just keep uh, asking questions, I suppose, until we figure something out. Yeah. So we want to thank Sarah a lot for coming on the show and, and thank all the contributors and the people that have signed up for a Grammarica email address. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, I think we're up to about eight contributors or eight subscribers now, and we had 15, 15 contributors last month. So, you know, let's try and double that in July. Yeah. And, uh, We'll do the same thing a month from now. Give away another hundred bucks or more to a lucky listener. Yeah, yeah, and uh, continue uh, sending us your experiences and your questions and your comments and your synchronicities. You can spam me, Graham, Graham. Yep, G R A H A M at grimerica dot com. Uh, check out the money bomb is over at grimerica dot ca slash money bomb. Uh, check out the live feed of the show at grimerica dot ca slash back stage yeah or you can go to mixler.com slash grammarica right and you can see it there too yeah and uh i think they'll have well, we'll have a list of i don't know if mixler will have the list of the upcoming shows but the backstage page on the website will definitely have a list of all our upcoming broadcast times because i think mixler only emails you like 
when we hit the record button. Yeah, that's kind of so weird. Not like they, we, they don't give you any heads up. Yeah, but maybe we can put put a a schedule up there or something. Yeah, we're new to it, so we'll poke around. So that's uh, another thing you guys can check out. Um, review us where you can, as always. iTunes, wherever, wherever you're listening on, if you can throw us a review, that'd be great. Uh, check out the website. Check out all the bloggers. They're doing some great work over there. Uh, yeah. Um, again, thanks to Beats Boutique for the music in the show. We'll find links to all that in the show notes as usual, as well as the Money Bomb. And uh, I think we'll start throwing Graham's email address in the in the show notes just as well, so that we can maybe get some more spam rolling through them. No, it's, we got enough enough spam. Oh, never enough spam. <laughs> Never enough spam is see email spam spam gram is just like spam the canned ham. Never enough. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Yeah, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends.